it's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And on today's Punch-Out, 5th of November... Better remember. I don't even know if that's actually the quote, but I'm just going to go with that. Nevertheless, got great things for you here. The stock market is soaring despite bad news all over the place or chaotic news or however you want to put it. Stocks are going up. So a lot of rich people having a great day here today. There is some updates we want to bring you on the election chaos that we are into. But before we get into all of that, we want to talk about what could be Trump's path to victory. Yes, it doesn't seem that likely, and it might not have anything to do with the courts or the actual votes, so we want to get into that right away. Those were sounds from the city of Detroit, Michigan, where just a couple nights ago, a number of Trump supporters attempted to stop the vote count there in Detroit. Now, they certainly failed to do so. We saw something similar last night, of course, in Phoenix, Arizona, where they also failed to count the vote, although briefly there, there was a bit of a kerfuffle and the building was closed down. But nevertheless, in both those cities, these Trump supporters were unable to stop the count. But either way, it's clearly indicative of the fact fact that President Trump's pathways to victory in the election are not only slipping away here, at least so it seems, but they rest on a very narrow foundation. He needs a lot of things to go right to win. Right now, it seems to be more or less simply in the legal realm, in the realm of the courts. The Trump campaign has launched a flurry of lawsuits to try to sabotage the counting of votes in a range of states, notably Nevada, where Trump officials said this morning they were going to court to demand that so-called illegal votes which they claim claim could exceed 10,000, maybe even more than that, not be counted. So they want to go back and they want the state of Nevada to look at these so-called illegal votes and throw them out. So they're going to go to court to try to figure that out. Now, in an evidentiary sense, doesn't seem to be that much there, but we'll let the courts adjudicate that one. In Georgia, a lawsuit has already been thrown out on similar grounds that there was some uh, you know, shenanigans going on with the votes in one county. Judge said, nope, threw it out. In Michigan, there was another case, some claims about problems with the vote counting process. Not only did that not seem to have a lot of evidence behind it, but the judge in the case seemed very, very skeptical of the claims being made by the Trump administration. Well, I should say the Trump campaign. I don't know what a difference is. Maybe I should say the Trump organization, the company, the government, the campaign. It all seems to be the same thing. But at the end of the day, Trump has already claimed victory in the election. Could be in a pretty tricky spot here later tonight or tomorrow morning where it seems relatively clear that he will have lost and there may not be much ground at all for challenging the results in court. Of course, that's a big maybe, but that certainly seems to be where it's going. So what could Trump do? Well, again, he is maintaining he won the election here and that any other result is fraud. So he's honestly actually boxed himself in. He could, of course, concede, not that he lost, but that he won't be declared the winner and retreat into opposition. Certainly possible. Certainly do it. Maybe he doesn't want to get embarrassed since he could obviously lose in the courts. He could also, however, decide to call his supporters into the streets and attempt to create a sense of chaos to try to force the issue at the Supreme Court or with the Democratic Party, some sort of deal. It's not really a sure thing, but it's the only real way. At least it seems like the only real way if he can't succeed in the courts would be to create enough chaos or potential chaos that either the opposing party or the courts step in to try to keep things from spiraling totally out of control. 
control. Now, this is essentially how the election was decided in 1876, the well-known Hayes-Tilden compromise that ended Reconstruction. There was a dirty deal done to end up with the result or the two parties to decide what the result would be. And the end result was that black America was stabbed in the back. Now we've gotten a little taste of this already with the attempts that I already mentioned in Detroit and in Phoenix by Republicans to stop the vote counting. It seems most likely that would be the main point of conflict. If Trump was to try to move forward, he's already got something like 66 million votes with millions in all the key States. So just a small percentage of those could be tens of thousands of people Descending on these offices, these warehouses, wherever they're counting these votes, forcing their way in, trying to force their way in, which could mean pitch battles with the cops. But we know just about all the cops support Trump. So would the police even really put up a fight to try to stop these attempts to storm the counting of election site, election vote counting sites? I don't know. Who knows? But there's a good chance that maybe they wouldn't, given what they've already shown they are willing to do, not just in defense of Trump, but against protesters in the streets. Now, it could also mean a show of strength in key states. Of course, you'll remember here Trump's last few days of campaigning were centered on saying how he had to be winning because these massive rallies that he was having. So imagine even more huge rallies, whipping up hatred against all of Trump's enemies and pushing the message that the election was stolen and telling people to take action. We've already seen Trump supporters launch serious and very vicious protests in Portland, Oregon, drive a car off the road in Texas, shut down a highway in New Jersey. So you could picture that times, well, picture it times whatever you want to, but you can certainly see that there are plenty of people, if they are motivated and organized, that could do similar things and create quite a bit of chaos, quite a bit of havoc. There's also going to be counter demonstrations from people who want to protect the vote, who hate Trump. Perhaps the Trump camp could send provocateurs into those demonstrations, make them seem violent, provoke clashes with the cops, try to reframe opposition to his attempt to steal the election by saying that, in fact, this is really a Soros-funded anarcho-communist BLM color revolution. Might seem far-fetched to you hearing it now, but currently there are a number of officials, well, a few, maybe a number is too much, but there are some at Trump-affiliated or right-wing affiliated think tanks like the Hudson Institute on Twitter saying that there is a color revolution effort to topple Trump happening right now. So it's not a huge stretch. So who knows exactly what's going to happen or if any of this is going to happen, but in some ways that's the point. The longer it stretches out, the greater the uncertainty, and the greater the uncertainty, the greater that people, including Trump himself, may try to take things into the streets to shape the order of events. Trump seems 100%, 100% dedicated to making sure he wins no matter what. So it's certainly not over, despite the fact that there seems to be a very slim foundation for Trump to win via the actual votes or via the courts. <laughs> And those were the sounds of protests last night in New York City, one of a range of cities where there were protests opposing efforts to shut down vote counts across the country, including Portland, including Minneapolis, by the way, where a number of people were arrested. The election, of course, hangs in the balance still. Things are changing quite rapidly. And later tonight, for instance, we're going to get more information from Nevada about 10 p.m. Eastern time, they say. That being said, we do have some general sense of where things stand. Everything seems to more or less be centered around Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Nevada which are all very close. In Nevada, former Vice President Biden is 
up by roughly 12,000 votes with roughly 60,000 votes left to count in heavily Democratic Clark County. The Trump campaign, however, is challenging thousands of votes and demanding more aggressive attempts to check whether or not all these votes were in fact cast legally. They've been claiming that some non-residents and dead people have voted. Some Republicans are also claiming they feel some of the outstanding votes could favor them, but they seem to have shifted entirely to the idea that the Biden camp is only winning due to fake votes and they are going to try to push the election officials via the courts or perhaps some other way to go back, look at a lot of these ballots. And again, they claim they have evidence that uh, they don't seem to have, but We'll see. We'll have to let them adjudicate that. In Georgia, the situation is also trending in Biden's favor, with about 98% of the vote in. As votes keep getting reported, it seems that Trump's lead keeps dropping. It also looks like that in the Senate race that didn't go to a runoff, David Perdue versus John Ossoff, the Democrat John Ossoff is rising here as the vote totals come in, or you could say Perdue is dropping, and it looks like that race could itself enter into a runoff. There are about 60,000 votes overall left in the state to a bit unclear how they're going to break, but a good chunk come from areas that have been trending towards Biden, including areas surrounding the city of Atlanta. Uh, Biden, or I should say Trump himself, has already had one lawsuit thrown out here challenging the results in a county that has 11,000 outstanding votes. Now, it seems like they wouldn't have challenged if they thought most of those were going to them. So obviously there in Georgia, similar to Nevada, it seems more or less as more votes come in that it is favoring the Democrats over the Republicans. But we have to see. You never know. Pennsylvania appears to be ground zero and a must win for Trump. His campaign is fighting on a few fronts trying to stop the counting of ballots that come in after the the election, even if cast before, and also to challenge the process of counting. And this has really been the big thing they've been focused on today, challenging the process of counting, claiming that there's no quote unquote transparency for the people they've sent to watch the count, that they're too far away, they can't see anything, that they're locked behind closed doors, that they're hiding something. That's what they're saying. And so they are trying to go to court to address where the people who are watching the count for the Republicans will stand, but they're also trying to do some other challenges as well. And, and this one is very tight. Strong turnout on all sides here, and there are counties that are trending towards both candidates that still have a decent percentage of votes to be counted. There are hundreds of thousands of ballots still out in Pennsylvania, but a good chunk of them do come from major metropolitan areas that favor Biden, but will they favor him enough to make a big difference? We'll have to see. So Pennsylvania, very, very tight here. So what's going to happen? Who knows? We don't even know when it will actually happen. Nevada and Georgia have been outright stating that they will not be done you know, at least, uh, so at least in, in the case of Nevada, they're in uh, Georgia. I believe they're saying November twelfth, which is the final state deadline. There are other states that are making similar uh, uh, charges here, so it's unclear when exactly things will be called. North Carolina, in a similar situation, where there is still time actually for ballots to come in and to be counted. So it certainly could continue for the rest of this week, or it could be over very soon. We don't really know. All the states, at least at this point in time, do seem to be trying to count the ballots and count them relatively quickly. But there are a lot of complications in Georgia, for instance, there are a lot of paper ballots, but they can't be scanned and they haven't even used these types of ballots for many years. There's a convoluted process they have to go through. So all that being said, that's the caveat. It does seem like it is trending towards Biden in a close victory, uh, either because of Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania or some combination of those states. So we shall see. 
And finally, what does it all mean? It means divided government. And that seems to have sent Wall Street shares soaring, in particular tech stocks. Why, do you ask? Well, two reasons mainly. First, a number of people on Wall Street are certainly happy that some of the more far-reaching proposals from Democrats on climate change issues, regulation, wages, and so on, that could put a crimp in profits are almost certainly unlikely to materialize. So there is just a general rich people's euphoria bump, it seems, in the stock results. However, we do have to look a little deeper here. And, you know, I'm not unique here. A number of commentators have noted this, that what it also means is that there will be no major stimulus to lift the economy, improve productivity and the like. There probably won't be big investments into infrastructure, big investments into green technology, all these different things that, as the Financial Times reported this morning, many investors were expecting and then they were already looking to shift their investments to a lot of these things that honestly would be risk free in a way because the government would be funding a huge amount of investment that they could then capitalize on uh, and, and, you know, help bring to market and then make all the money at the end of the day. Now, though, they know those people on Wall Street, that is, what's most likely to happen is that the Federal Reserve will continue to put forward all sorts of very complicated financial instruments to try to juice the economy, all these different four and and five-letter acronyms that you see when they're giving trillions of dollars. What it means at the end of the day is quite a bit of very cheap money pumped into the system and quite a bit of bailing out of industries that are in trouble. Now, we've seen a lot of this, of course, during the pandemic, where there have been all these different programs designed to funnel trillions into Wall Street while 30 to 40 million people face eviction and can't seem to get a similar level of bailout. But quite frankly, this even predates the pandemic. You know, from September of 2019 to January 6th of 2020, the Fed pumped $6 trillion into the repo market, which was clearly failing. And you didn't even hear about it. $6 trillion, one of the most important parts of the financial system, almost certainly was failing. You didn't hear one word about it. So that should give you some taste of what we might have coming next year in this era of divided government. But the upshot of all of this is that there will be more and more massive bubbles built on the backs of speculation on Wall Street, particularly in tech stocks. This is all basically just a bet on the future that some major technology will disrupt markets and create a whole new stream of profit making. So it's gambling, it's betting that companies that are going to do well. And what it ultimately means is that there's a much, much bigger chance for a massive fall that will destroy the economy and tens of millions of lives when those bets don't pan out. Wall Street knows this is coming. They know that divided government will deliver nothing of note economically to working class and poor people, and they are doing everything they can to make sure that they walk away from it all with huge piles of cash while the rest of us deal with unemployment lines and eviction notices. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah.